Hey everybody, David Bach. Welcome back to Bach Talk. Still here in Topeka, Kansas. Thought I'd shoot one more video for you to share a very simple idea around the 80-20 principle and how this sort of changed our business. Um, I want you to think about this as a napkin. And first of all, 80-20 principle, what is it? Again, Pareto principle, super simple. Typically in any business, 80% of our revenue and results come from 20% of our clients and our effort. Let me say that again. 80% of your revenue and results, typically, are coming from 20% of your clients and your effort. Now when you hear that, the first thing you should ask yourself is, is it true? I don't know if it's true in your business. When I first heard it, I didn't know if it was true either. So in our case, we had, really we had about 1,800 households, but I'm going to do simple math here. I'm going to use 1,000 households. So the, when I went and did this principle, when I, when I learned about it and candidly questioned it, um, I came into the office and I asked my father at the time, Dad, do you think that 80% of our revenue is coming from 20% of our clients? And he said, I don't know, but possibly. I said, Dad, how would I figure that out? Well, it turned out to be a huge process at the time. And I don't know if you can figure this out easily or not based on your systems, but my systems at the time when I was at Morgan Stanley required me to take a 1,000 households, every single statement, run it through an Excel spreadsheet, pull the revenue, combine it by households to figure this out. It took about a month and a half. When we did it, what we found out was it wasn't 80-20. What we actually found out was that 15% of our clients were creating roughly 75% of our revenue, which was a huge eye-opener. So now we've got 25%. Now we've got over here 85% of our clients are producing 25% of our revenue. So just follow that for a second. 85% of our clients are producing 25% of our revenue. How many people do we have on staff to manage this book of business at this time when I do this? Um, we had probably the time eight. This team ultimately grew to 12 people. Um, why do we have such a big team? Well, partially, once you start to have a lot of households, you have a lot of servicing issues, right? Are you experiencing this? That's if you talk to your clients, okay? If you didn't just bring them in and stick them on the books and then quiet file them, and you're really servicing your clients, then you need staff to service them. So we did all that. But what we started figuring out here was like, well, wait a minute. Are you telling me that half, so down here, like this half of our book of business, what was this producing? Well, this half of our book of business down here was producing less than 10% of our revenues. Because the weird thing about the 80-20 principle is that it flips upside down too. So typically up here, you've got small percentage producing the bulk of the revenue, but then when you get down here, what you start to find out is that a large percentage of the bottom of your business is producing very nominal amounts of revenue. Well, that required us to really think through our business. And what we started deciding is that a big part of our, the bottom book of our business had to go. It was not profitable, and we should not be doing it. So we actually, ultimately, gave the bottom book of our business to an advisor, originally in our office. That turned out to be a mistake because they could still see us and they could still come over and ask questions. Ultimately, we moved this part of the book of business out of the office and we gave it to an advisor in a different location. This freed up enormously, and then we started also calling this part of the book of business. So we didn't call it all immediately, but we started to reduce it. 
That gave us the ability to focus all of our energies here so that we figured out if we lavished these people with more and more attention, we would be duplicated, we could duplicate this part of the book of business. Because what was happening is we were getting referrals from all over the book. And what we realized is we really wanted to be getting referrals from this part of the book. And this is how we became clear on our platinum clients, our top 100, and then we ultimately had our top 300. And we just wined and dined and doubled down and tripled down on the servicing here, which leads to more referrals up here. So this is basically what I call you know, the napkin approach to your business. Go back into your business, figure out where the revenue is coming from, figure out is there a part of your business that isn't profitable, creating enormous amounts of services, should it be let go? By the way, letting these clients go is a gift to them. If you're not caring about them because they're not profitable and they're not really getting the service that they deserve, if they've been, if they've been quiet filed, you know what, these make great clients for a new advisor. And they can get a, a lot more treatment from that new advisor who's excited about them than maybe you're giving them and it can free you up. The other thing that we became very clear about was the need at the time to have account minimums. So when I did this exercise, we had, believe it or not, even though we had hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in our management at the time we did this, we, had, we really had like no account minimums. If you had $50 and you would set up a systematic investment plan with us, we would take your account. That is literally what I would say in my seminar. Like, we help everyone. Well, that was a mistake. <laughs> so this exercise immediately got us to have a $100,000 account minimum had to be fee-based or we wouldn't take it. And then very quickly, once we cleared this part of the book of business out, we raised this to 250. And then ultimately for me, I raised it to a million dollars. Now, I didn't go from zero, no account minimums. I didn't go from $50 to a million dollars overnight. I went from $50 to 100 to 250 to 500 to a million. Now, I had... I, other advisors on my team. So it wasn't like I would do a seminar and not take these accounts. I would take the million dollar account and then I'd have another advisor on my team who would take the 250 to 100, this right here, 150 to 250, and another advisor on my team who would take the 500,000 to a million dollar account. Now here's what's interesting. I didn't, I didn't know I was doing this at the time, but I just did a video with David Cantor where I asked him what he's seeing with the biggest RIA teams because we talked about this issue of diagramming your book of business and what David Kanner brought up, which was what I had been doing and didn't even really realize it, is that David Kanner said, the RIAs that are scaling, that are growing the fastest, have segmented not just the clients, but they've segmented the advisors who get to talk to them. So basically what he told me, and he oversees 3,000 RIAs, and he works with the biggest ones, is that the biggest RIAs that are scaling and growing the fastest have advisors specifically assigned to different categories of the book of leads. So they've got an account minimum. They might have a junior broker on the $100,000 account. They have a next level person gets to go to 250 as they move up. The next level person gets to go to 500. Then it gets to go to a million. Now, ironically, this system that I created at the Bach Group, 
This is also exactly what Fidelity and TD and Schwab do. Because what Fidelity and TD and Schwab do, if you're a retail client and you walk into the branch office, they too segment the book. They too have a process by who gets to talk to these different size leads. They're supposed to refer out million dollar accounts to whom? Us, the RIA. I don't know that they always do this, but that's sort of what's supposed to be happening if you talk to them. So I guess what am I doing here with this big, big mess of a, a whiteboard is three things to think about. One, have you gone through and done an analysis of your book of business? If not, you should. Look at where the revenue is coming from. Two, do you have a part of your book of business that's not profitable? Should it be let go? Three, go back up here and focus on who the most important part of your book of business is, who's creating the most revenue, and double down, triple down, and quadruple down on the service, the love and attention, because that will lead to more referrals. And the last thing I would say is if you're really growing a big team or you're starting to build a team, start to consider segmenting the lead flow by advisors. Assign an advisor to 100,000, to 250, to 500. If you're still taking clients and you're watching this, you become the person who's taking a million. But think through how you could do that. That should help you. Hope it did. David Bach, Bach Talk, thanks for watching. Look forward to seeing you soon.